0: More. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool podcast. I'm Dustin McComas joined once again as always uh by Drew Bishop. And Drew, before we uh we got a lot to cover today. We're going to go through the first 33 members of the updated 2023 Five Tool 55. Uh, just released that late last week. Since the list is already unveiled, we didn't think it would make much sense to go backwards. Since you guys already <laughs> know who's number one, two, six, eight, thirty-seven, whatever it is, so we're gonna go through one through thirty-three today. Uh, touch on a lot of those players um, and also get into some other stuff as well. It's been a lot of commitments uh, recently. A ton the last couple of days uh yeah. including uh including a name that's on this list that uh joined yeah. the commitment actually two names uh recently that made their commitments two, there but
1: two from the same high school on the same day
0: yeah how about that i wonder if they plan that like the like the uh, football guys sometimes do or things like that but first uh, off uh, a crazy sports weekend i know you guys had some weather up in dfw that kind of knocked out some games from from one of our events up there but um Crazy sports weekend. I mean, that's uh, that's October, I guess. In a nutshell, is that every weekend now it's just postseason baseball and college football and NFL and basketball's about to get going tomorrow with the NBA. If you're into hockey, the NHL's already already got their season going. But um, I think
1: they had I think they said there was five matchups that were that featured two five and O teams in college football, too. So yeah.
0: Which is wow. I don't think that's happened in like an extremely long time. Um, heck, like Austin FC down here had their first playoff match um this Sunday, and um obviously Premier League's in full swing as well. There are a ton of sport. I don't like I don't know many sports not going on um in the month of October, but yeah. um what was your what was your non Texas favorite sporting moment over over the weekend?
1: Um
0: the Tennessee game was madness.
1: The, the Tennessee game was crazy.
0: Especially the, um, the following reaction from the fans. Yeah,
1: it was – yeah. The, that, was, that was not a – it was a uh, – they, they lost a bunch of money on replacements and, and uh, maintenance that they're going to have to be doing on the stadium. Yeah. But I imagine they don't care, and they're going to gain a lot more donations because oh, of the yeah. weekend. Um, but that USC – uh Utah game Utah was wild game. too. I think that mm-hmm. was, you know, uh of the games I watched, that was probably one of the most enjoyable ones. Um but it was that was that was a wild game. Um uh, and you know funny thing TCU and Oklahoma State, you know, two undefeated teams played and it was like nobody even noticed. Right. You know, they just got overshadowed by some of the other games going on at that Which at that. that
0: game was nuts too. You know Oklahoma State ran out to a huge lead and yeah. TCU came storming back and won it and in- and, double yeah, it was, and
1: it was 30 to 16 at one point like mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter i think the start of the fourth quarter but mm-hmm. man like the you know tcu seems to be for real i mean they're you know that that wasn't it i mean realistically like that wasn't some fluke like come from behind home win that just wild like they they put up numbers all day long and just kept fighting and chipping away and ended up with the win in overtime but that was a wild game i didn't get to see as much of that one i was Going back and forth between a uh, a birthday party and the Alabama-Tennessee game, so I mm. I didn't catch as much of that game, but sounds like it was pretty wild in itself. So, but yeah, and then we got to think. Finally, the Cooper Rush experiment is over. Oh <laughs> yeah, that one, that one. Thankfully, but fresh you know, halt. he did a great job. You know, I mean, you know, if you would, oh, you'll take your record
0: and... with yeah, you'll take those absolutely yeah, for sure absolutely you know, the Steelers. It takes, it takes, yeah how about that
1: how about yeah, didn't that didn't see that one
0: coming did not um, see that I one did one coming. not either I I uh I felt bad I uh well, I didn't feel too bad because a couple of my friends that are into the uh the speculation business I said <laughs> bet on Florida uh, bet on Clemson because uh, they're they're gonna yeah. cover and that game was not as close as the score they kind of no. it late and scored a late touch and no, I was not a close game um and then I was like man the Steelers have their top three corners out like. You gotta bet on the Bucks here, you know. Like and just that first drive, they go for it on fourth down and convert it, end up you know scoring a touchdown. I was like, man, they look a little little different. It's kind of a desperation, gut check kind of game for them. So the yeah. crazy thing is now they're just they're one game out of the division lead. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. they're two and four. Uh, so yeah, slowly sucking me back in there. But yeah, yeah, I uh I was like, all right, I can I can I can bust out the Steelers gear again and not feel ashamed. There you go to put it on but uh we got a lot to get to with our list we finally um updated the 51255 for the class of 2023 uh this has been a an update that's been in the you know in in the works for a while but it just never made sense to do it in the middle of the summer because we were always knew we were going to keep seeing guys we knew we were going to go to area code we knew in the fall we're going to go to some scout team stuff the the tsa event with five tool and some other events as well so it never made sense to like put out an update and then in you know for the next three weeks still watch guys and um you know when we watch guys we learn something every single time we watch them. And that's not to say mm-hmm. like, oh, we're gonna move a guy from four to fifty when we see a player, but you you pick up on stuff, you know, and, and yeah. consistency is is extremely valuable, especially on the hitting side, you know. The more you see a guy and the more he hits, the more you're gonna you're gonna think highly of that player. So um, the list has been updated. You can go to uh, five-tool.org, or you can go to either one of our Twitter accounts um, that, you know, put it out there last week. Um, so we're going to go through one through 33 and just kind of list off a few names at a time and just touch on touch on guys. Um, we'll start with the first. Let's go with the first five here. Number one, Blake Mitchell from Sinton, catcher, right handed pitcher. Obviously, a very famous name. Uh, Travis Sakura, right-handed pitcher and shortstop from Round Rock. Again, another famous name. No surprise there. Um, and then these next three guys, um, Barrett Kent, Ethan Mendoza, and Zane Adams. Barrett Kent, right hand pitcher from Pottsboro, committed to Arkansas. Ethan Mendoza, shortstop from South Lake Carroll, committed to Arizona State. And then Zane Adams, left-handed pitcher from Porter, committed to Alabama. Both, All three of those guys had really strong summers. And mm-hmm. um, we knew a lot about Kent we knew a lot about all three of these guys uh, but definitely Kent and Adams were kind of household names um, guys that you're going to find on everybody's list early on in the process. Kent went to area code and was excellent after a strong summer. He was good for team uh, doing the PDP stuff out in North Carolina as well. I just feel like the ball really came out of his hand differently in a, in a good way. Um, So he made a, made a move up there to number three and then Ethan Mendoza I remember watching him last summer and I, I liked him. I liked the hands, I liked the the bat speed I, I like but there just wasn't the production that was there. and I think he'd he'd admit that too, you know and and he really worked after that summer. I, I think that he uh, was like, you know what I I'm I, I'm a better hitter than this. I'm gonna prove it to everybody just went to work. Had an amazing season for Southlake Carroll. um, Was, you know, on a loaded state championship team. I heard people were telling me he was the best player on that team. And he carried that into the summer. He was awesome in the Manningly. He was awesome in the County Mac. He went to area code and hit. He crushed a ball for the Blue Jays scout team in their events. Um, I feel like I can count on one hand the amount of times I've seen him swing and miss, and I've watched a lot of the bats. Uh, But there's just very few guys that just – every year at the high school level can really truly hit and uh, and he's one of them.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously we've touched on the big summer. We've talked about him a lot. You know, one of the things that kind of stuck out to me just kind of glancing at the list. um, And we talk about this a lot, you know, is that this, at this age, there's a lot of change and a lot of fluidity to these types of lists and there can be, you know, physical maturation, you know, some guys just something clicks Mm-hmm. um and and clearly there's a a bunch that went into Ethan's um rise but you know not just him you know of our top 11 we had three guys that weren't even in our top 55 original top 55 right. for this class um so and you know guys that being Ethan Mendoza, Aiden Howard and Gavin Jones um and you know it's just it just speaks to a lot about development um whether that's you know Work ethics changing, something clicking, or just simply being more physical. Mm-hmm. Um, guys grow at different times. Uh, you know, the timeline is just different for everybody. And, you know, we talked about it some, and, you know, I, I I thought that was a great comment that Josh Jordan from LSU made last week about, you know, the recruiting process, but it also applies to the development process yeah. too. And it's not looking left or right and comparing your situation to others because, You know, it's a fool's errand, to be honest. I mean, you're never going to be in the same exact scenario as anybody else. Um, And, you know, like we said, from a physical standpoint, that's true. From a financial standpoint, that's true. From Mm -hmm. where you grew up, you know, what events you're playing, it's all going to be different for everybody. Um, And timing, timing matters on a lot of this stuff. But you can't spend effort and emotional capital worrying about things that you can't control. Um, and I think, you know, this is just another example of that and you know, why we try to make a point that, Hey, these things are going to change and Mm -hmm. this isn't the end all be all list, but you know, it's just kind of a snapshot of where we think some guys are right now and where they can go. Um, but just because you're not ranked doesn't mean you can't finish in the top five or you can't get drafted or all kinds of stuff. So, uh, just something that, you know, I think people need to keep in mind, um, you know, we, and we talk to a number of sources. We talk to scouts, coaches, um, parents of other players. Like we, we do a lot of homework on this stuff and get a lot of input and, you know, and everyone has their own opinions. And, you know, that, that's something that's important with this list. You know, it's not meant to create a lot of angst and worry about where you're ranked or where your players are ranked or all that kind of stuff. You know, it's it, these are talking points and just, a you know, our opinion based on a lot of input from a lot of baseball people about where guys are right now. You know, and like I said, we have three of the 11 guys, three of the top 11 guys in our rankings weren't in the top 55 at this point last year. So mm-hmm. a lot can change. Um, And, you know, the development process is different for everyone. So that's what that's what's exciting about this stuff. And you can see guys that really take start taking things seriously and make that jump and, and they've earned it. And I think, you know, Ethan Mendoza and Aiden Howard, those are great examples of that for for what we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, to you know, one of the things that we try to do with this is to be transparent and offer commentary about, you know, the process and the whys and and the hows and that sort of thing. Um, But, you know, it's also too like we, you know, we got to be honest, like we try to see as many people as possible. And sometimes you just see guys later on, you know, or sometimes you just you know, like, like I don't, I, you know, I didn't really know much at all about Aiden Howard until you saw him in a scrimmage. I didn't know anything about Gavin Jones until this summer when he showed right. up at one of our events, and I think he punched out like seven guys in two and two thirds innings. And I was like, "Who is this left-hander?" You know, and obviously, a lot of major college programs didn't know anything about him either because he was an uncommitted guy. And then after area code right. tryout, he was a Texas Tech commitment almost immediately after that. So it's just like, like you said, it's a glimpse into all the different developmental process and, and how it's not linear and how nobody's on the same schedule. And, you know, like there, you know, for every Blake Mitchell's who's an unquestioned famous player at a young age and keeps, keeps improving and keeps holding that, that spot. There's, you know, there's an Aiden Howard who, you know, nobody really knew about and just kind of came out of nowhere, not came out of nowhere, but um got an opportunity as high school sees that opportunity was really, really good and just keeps getting better and shooting up since uh from there. So, Um, yeah, those guys are are a good example of how these things really change a lot, especially from your sophomore to your junior years, uh, Mm um, when bodies really change, skill sets develop and opportunities too. opportunity at your high school, you know, maybe you weren't a varsity player as a sophomore, but you were a varsity player as a junior and you really, really stood out. Like, you know, I think that's the case in, in some of these guys that we'll talk about, but, uh, yeah, you know, Mendoza, especially, you know, it's just, um, I just kept thinking about like how many guys can really hit like that at the high school level. And, and he's proven it um everywhere he's gone, that he can really hit. And I think there's something innate and, and mentally like different about the way he sees and tracks pitches. And it really shows. Right. Um, You know, Z- Zane Adams saw, we saw him a few times really, <clears> threw <throat> hard. This stuff was consistent. You mentioned Aiden Howard. um He's gotten so much better, like in a short amount of time. And that's just really exciting because there's a lot of, there's a lot of room still to grow there. Um, you know, well, it's and, and it's
1: it's it's every time out he looks better too. Yeah. So it's a it's a steady upward ascension. You know, it's uh-huh. not like one day he's really bad, another he's really good. There's some yeah. consistency there, and the consistency is is that it's Always getting better, and that's that's one of the things that you really like about him. And when you know the background, the family, Mm -hmm. the coaches that he plays for, all those things factor into it, and just a lot of confidence and you know that that upward ascent. And I know you know he he, some of these guys they get you know they get some success and they stop working, but I know that that's not him. Just right, you know, knowing the family and listening to everyone talk about him. I mean, this is just the beginning for him, and Mm -hmm. that's why you feel so much confidence and where he's headed. So yeah, it's easy to to dream on a spring.
0: Yeah. It's easy to dream on a guy like that. When you, when you know the the makeup and the work ethic and all those sorts of things. And um, you don't just slap projection on there just because there's the possibility might have, like, you can feel good about, Hey, there's a lot more coming here. Uh, Go with seven, eight, nine, 10. Um, A couple of our personal favorites. um, Number seven, Aiden Smith outfielder from Lovejoy committed to Mississippi state. Um, Number eight, Jack Bell, shortstop from Ray down in Corpus Christi, committed Texas A&M. Number nine, Kendall George, outfielder from Itasca Cedar down in the Houston area, committed Arkansas. And the number 10, Neomar Ochoa Jr., an outfielder and right-handed pitcher uh, from Galena Park, committed to Houston. Uh, I'll let you talk about Aiden Smith because um, you've seen this guy a lot. And I got to give you major props. I mean, you were very bullish about him early on. And, man, what a summer that guy had. Uh, we talk about guys like to just hit consistently, but he just plays so hard. That's yeah. the thing that's – every time he's out there, he's playing hard and he's competing. Yeah,
1: no no doubt. That's one of the things that I've always liked about him. You know, he he's another one of those guys that you don't get to see him very often where he doesn't barrel up you know, multiple, mm-hmm. multiple balls in a single game. And on top of that, like you're going to make mistakes playing against him because he, knowing he plays so hard, like mm-hmm. he is the definition of looking for two out of the box. You know, he I've, you've seen him hit balls that land right in front of outfielders and he's, he's standing on second. Um, So he, you know, he's an exciting player. He's a physical player Uh reminds you a lot of those guys in that same mold that have played at Mississippi state. Um, So you see what they saw in him, obviously, you know, he plays for good teams, a good high school team at Lovejoy, uh, plays with doings in the summer. And, you know, he just, he always performs. He just, Mm -hmm. he just does. And, um, you know, a lot like Ethan, like he just seems to have a a feel for hitting. Um, and that's exciting. And, you know, he'll, he'll continue to get bigger and stronger and he keeps playing hard. Can't imagine, you know, that good things don't continue to happen for him. Um, Kendall George, another guy, you know, he's got an elite trait. He can m- maybe the fastest guy in the country. Um good bet. And and he know he knows how to use his speed. Mm-hmm. And he he's a special player. Um, definitely elite athleticism. Um, just a good feel. You know, he performs on big stages, you know, did well for Team USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your one of your guys, Ochoa Acosta. you know, talk about loud tools. I mean, yeah. he's he is that.
0: Yeah, he is, and, you know, he he caught my eye a couple summers ago um, just with his power display with the bat, and, you know, every time I've seen him, you know, I know he's been up to 94 on the mound, and um, he's he's raw there, but there's a lot of things to work with that he could end up being a, you know, potentially a high-end pitcher, but I like him as an outfielder first. He, he just, when I see him, creates good barrel paths. Um, he's He times stuff. You know, when I saw him down against San Jacinto at Dodgers uh, Dodger scout team, you know, some of the stuff that he was spoiling and, and still getting to uh, spit, some spin and some velocity, uh, I think he's going to hit. And I think there's some future raw power in there. And you know, when you start thinking about, okay, he's like, you know, well-built six, three, six, four. Uh, he's a year younger than pretty much everybody in this class. <laughs> he's running four threes down the line moves. Well, it's a plus arm from the outfield you start naming off a lot of these traits and you're like, man, this guy's a really, really exciting prospect. And and like Aiden Howard, I I think you can, you can confidently bet on the projection here um, because there's still room for growth. And and we know he's a guy that's, that's clearly putting in the work because he's getting better. Um, Somebody I've just been a fan of for a while. uh, You mentioned Kendall George, one of the toughest guys to strike out in the country, I think. Um, Just a really, really tough guy. To punch out, and, and when he puts that ball in play, good luck throwing him out. Um, and then Jack Bell. Um, I'm probably the biggest of, of any, I guess, for lack of a better word, evaluator. I'm probably the most bullish on Jack Bell among anybody. Um, but I, I just think you know, we saw him at the Mattingly, he hit, um, made some really standout defensive plays. We saw him at area code, he hit, made some standout defensive plays. Saw him at TSA Prospects game. He hit there, made a solid defensive play. Uh, we saw him at the TSA event with five tool in the fall. He had a, he had a loud triple and uh, another hit there. So I just think that, you know, if you start thinking about, okay, it might be a plus arm at short. I think he's got a good chance to stick there. I think the barrel, there's a heavy barrel he's swinging. He's going to get stronger through the upper half. Um, it's just a really, really exciting player that I think's gotten a lot better. It used to be a guy like everybody would talk about the glove, and now they're starting to talk about the glove and the bat. Um, with Jack Bell so uh, an exciting player down there and um, you know how about that area of you know the Corpus South Texas area we'll get to another guy on here but they've got some some strong representation um, down there in that neck of the woods but uh, moving on to number 11 uh, Gavin Jones we talked about him just he's been a strike throwing machine from the left side Uh, I think he's going to have four pitches that he can throw for a strike in the future fastball we've seen it up to I believe ninety three. Curveball, slider, changeup. Um, all three of those pitches, I think, are capable of, or excuse me, all four of those pitches are capable of missing bats. Um, but the changeup can be a neutralizer against righties. Whichever breaking ball he's got the feel for, I think, can be a weapon there. Um, really exciting left handed prospect, a uh, left handed pitching prospect. Caden Sorrell, talk about tools like bat speed, run, athleticism. There's a lot to like about Caden Sorrell. Uh, another exciting outfield prospect. Uh, then Jaquay Stewart, we've been a fan of him for a while. Uh, left-handed hitter, first baseman, um, had a he really came on strong this fall. I don't think he probably had the summer he wanted to have, but every time you watch him, the swing, the the bat speed, the hands, the pitch recognition, there's a lot there. And then Braden Randall, recent old Miss commit uh, from Rockwall, uh, you know a guy that we know a ton about that's just performed forever. Uh, and then, then TJ Pompey shortstop from Coppell, Texas tech commitment, um, athleticism, bat speed, arm strength of the shortstop position, uh, another really exciting shortstop prospect in the state.
1: Yeah. You know, like I say, we keep seeing a, a lot of really good athletes that can play baseball, you mm-hmm. know, it's not a lot of just really raw, raw talent on this mm-hmm. stuff. You know, the, a lot of these guys have played a lot of baseball and that's, and they're not finished products, too. That's what's kind of, you know, that's what's fun about this. and that's what kind of makes it difficult to slot some of these guys. You know, we oh, it's we, it's
0: difficult. Yeah, there's no yeah, there's
1: no kind of about it. right. You know, a guy like TJ. Pompey, we had him up, I think what, three or four last year. and I mean, you could easily see him being anywhere in that range just because yeah. um the skill is there, the you know, the the wow moments are there. Um, just a little bit of consistency with the bat is probably the main question for him, but Mm -hmm. we've seen plenty of days where he's easily in that top five. Um, so, you know, it'll be fun to see if he can make that jump. I think, you know, sounds like he's, uh, not going to be pitching much this year, if at all. And if that's the case, you know, how, how does that added time focused on just hitting and playing defense? How does that translate? You know, so, you know, we may have him right back up in that four or five range, you know, in, in a couple months, but, you know, he he's an elite player. He does some stuff. That's just, you know, that a lot of you just can't teach. Right. And um, so I'm excited to see, see what he does this spring. You know, we, we, we've seen Braden a lot often uh, excited for him with that new commitment to Ole Miss. Um, you know, it's a place that I think his dad went to Ole Miss and, you know, going to a place that just won the national championship when a, a program like that wants you and you have some ties, you know, mm-hmm. it makes all the sense in the world. So yeah, uh, really excited for him. I think, he, you know, he'll be going there with, uh, with current 12 teammate, Drew Markle, you know, so he'll know somebody there, um, you know, two really good players, um, you know, diff, you know, different skill sets and, and different players, but you know, they, they both play really hard. Uh, they can both really run. So it'll be exciting to see what they end up doing in Oxford uh, in the future um Caden Sorrell guy we've seen a lot another thing I'll add that that for him is the toughness I think he got hit in the face by a ball in one of the tournaments uh, that I saw and they he either went right back in or was like begging to go right back in and and um and coach may have kept him out just for precaution in the early season tournament but he's tough he plays really hard Mm -hmm. like you said he's really athletic he can hit Um, so he, I mean, he's a guy that you can see being a three-year starter in the SEC real easily. Um, so excited to see him play, um, more this spring. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're, you're still, you're still in that, in that group. If you talk about, you know, a couple of scouts asked us, like, when, you know, where do you see that cutoff of, of guys that, you know, are, are likely to be drafted or have big, draft interest and you know we're going through this list we're still on those guys so um you know the another loaded loaded year in the state which is always good for us
0: it's a it's a really really strong class um you know just touching back again on Mitchell and Sakura. um I don't want to slight those guys hey they're number one and two let's move on uh I I think that they're they're definitely going to be in the first round mix um you know Mitchell obviously has, uh, you know, he hit this summer. Like, I think that yeah. people kind of went into it and say, All right, let's just. And I say this from like a professional setting, like, you know, like, hey, if we're going to spend first round money on this guy, let's see if he hits this summer. And he hit, you know, yeah. he hit it area code. He hit with 12. He hit it, I think, PG National and Baseball Factory had an extra base hit in, in both of those games. So, um, he hit. <laughs> so he's definitely going to be in the first round mix. And then Sakura. um, his area code outing. He, he pitched, he wasn't just yeah. throwing, throwing. He wasn't yeah. just, let me hit a hundred miles an hour and get out of here. Like he pitched, like yeah. he, he pitched with the breaking ball. Like he pitched with, with the fork ball. Um, he moved the fastball around a little bit. So I'm just fired up because that's, that's a home game for me. You know, anytime it's, it's nice to have, it's nice to have hundred miles an hour 15 minutes from the house. Uh, it's, it's an exciting thing, but um, but yeah, we're still kind of in that, that range where, and I try to explain to sometimes the people too, like if you're thinking from it, it's kind of like a major league baseball draft where you've got a tier of players who are certain grades and the tiers keep getting bigger, you know, because you're getting to a point where there's a lot of similar talent levels. And Mm -hmm. the reality is you could probably stack these guys a number of different ways because they're, they're very similar. Um, You just have to, you know, we, we rank them one through 55, but we're still kind of in that range there. But um, yeah, just, and if you'll notice too, like, we like to bet on athleticism, um, you know, and we also like to bet on production and, you okay. know, like, especially when it's good on good. You know, Braden Randall's a great example of that. Like, I feel like the, the better the pitching, the bigger the moments, Braden Randall plays better. Um, you know, I may, think back to that game against Doolins when, you know, Barrett Kent hopped off a plane from North Carolina and came out and pitched, which is still you know incredible to think about. Right. There's Braden Randall just setting the tone by smacking a rocket. And it's like, that's like one of the best pitchers he's ever going to face in his high school career, you know? And, yeah. and that's just the kind of competitor and kind of hitter he is. So, um, moving down the list here number 16, Braden Sharp, left handed pitcher, outfielder from the Woodlands a Tennessee. Commit. Uh, number 17, MJ Sayo, right handed pitcher and shortstop, now at Hebron. Uh, number 18, Dylan Schlegel, outfielder from Mansfield Legacy, coming to Dallas Baptist. Number 19, Jason Bowden, right-handed pitcher from Orangeville, committed to Texas A&M. And then number 20, Nick Sanders, uh, catcher committed, uh, from La Vega in the Waco area, committed to Texas. Um, Sharp, like, I, I, uh, I had a tough one with this one because I saw him in March or April up to 95 and really good. And I feel like he was just tired the next two times I saw him. Like, it, these yeah. pitchers, they pitch into the playoffs – they pitch in the summer and they're still, you know, they're still pitching out an area code and all, and it's, it's a, it's and, and a lot. lot of them
1: are two way guys too. It,
0: yeah. And that's, that's a big part of it too. That's a good point. Like he's a legitimate two way talent. Like he's swinging the bat. He's playing some outfield. Like that's, that's tough. And I, I think that he was tired um, when we saw him the last couple of times. So I'm excited to see him because I think with a full, some time to rest, get in the weight room, get stronger. I think that he's a guy that could really shoot back up the list. Uh, again there uh really talented player from woodlands mj sale strike thrower we saw him at area code it's i mean he's he's not wowed by environments or moments he just gets out there and does his thing spins the baseball throws a lot of strikes uh saw some video of him recently he's been working really hard in the weight room um and dylan schlegel speaking of weight room uh and this guy like explosive twitchy Kind of looks like a like a safety out there running around in the outfield and the way he swinged the bat. And um he's got some loud tools. And you know, he's another guy that keeps getting better when we see him. Um, I feel like this this group of outfielders, we've we've mentioned a lot of athletes, a lot of guys that have that kind of that that explosive element to their game and have really gotten better there. Um, and then two guys I haven't really seen a ton of. I wish I've seen more of, but I'm I'm willing to bet on both Jason Bowden, who Can really spin the baseball, just a guy that can naturally spin it. Um, A lot of arm strength there. I think there's still some physical projection as well. Had a strong summer. The Nick Sanders, uh, maybe the best right-handed bat speed power potential in the class. Uh, I mean, when you watch that swing and he unleashes it, there's a lot of torque and there's a lot to like about the way the ball comes off the bat.
1: Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see what he plays or wants to play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'll go a little bit of ways in determining what, you know, where he gets drafted. Uh, but I mean, he's athletic and he's a, I think he's a really good wide receiver. Um, yeah. You know, so he's he he you know, he came up as a catcher. Um, he play outfield. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what that path is. Um, looks like for him as far as position but you can't deny the bat speed it's it's there it's loud um and ball is just different coming off mm-hmm. his bat uh compared to a lot of these guys but um going back to dylan schlegel you know physically he reminds me a little bit of jet um you know not okay. the tallest not the tallest guy but he is strong mm-hmm. uh and he is fast and that's you know it, it it'll be interesting like there there's a number of guys on this list and you know in college and in high school that you know from a stature standpoint are really rooting for jet williams to break that mold mm-hmm. right and you know i think i think some front offices and scouts at the next level are starting to you know not necessarily erase that height um that height component of their scouting but if you're athletic enough and twitchy enough and strong enough, you know, what, what else do you need as a baseball player? So I think, you know, I think jet may be a a trend setting player uh, in the minds of a lot of pro organizations and scouts and, you know, everyone's always going to love the size. Um, But realistically when you get down to it and watch some of these guys play baseball, you know, I mean, if they've got the same amount of juice as some of the bigger guys, mm. okay. You know, they can run, they can, they're, they're athletic. You know, they, they may be a little bit closer on the spectrum to a finished product as far as projectability, but that immediate production and, and ability right now is good enough for a lot mm. of these guys. And they're going to be instant contributors on college teams and yep. pro ball. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to follow that trend kind of going forward. And, You know, Dylan's a guy, man, like over the last year has gotten really strong. And he puts a lot of time and effort into his development. And I think he's gonna have, I mean, he was a guy that we pegged as having a monster spring last year, and he did that. He made us look smart. Yeah. yeah, And and then he and then he continued that into the summer and had a good fall. And he just another guy that you know, a lot of these guys just they're they're fun to watch because they play so hard. And Mm. he falls into that category for me um Braden Randall's always falling into that category for me there's a lot of guys on this list that you know they you know I don't want to say they're listening to us and doing what we say but they're listening to somebody and playing hard all the time mm-hmm. and and that sticks out I mean unfortunately it sticks out but it does stick out yeah. these guys that just play hard all the time um so you know a big fan of Dylan always have been always will continue to be as long as he keeps playing the same way he does and be interesting to see what kind of I mean just an, another huge. I mean, think about that outfield at DBU these next couple of years. It, oh you know, my if, goodness! If Aiden Howard and Dylan Schlegel show up, I mean, that, oh, that's man. pretty good. So um, that'll be fun to watch. And talking about home game, that'll be that'll be home games for me.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really, really, um, really exciting mix of outfielders there. But yeah, I mean, guys like Schlegel and those like they can impact the game in so many ways. You know, right. the, the, the the speed element, the athleticism element, the the defense element. he kind of physically, he kind of reminds me some of, of, uh, of Harrison Bader, uh, who plays for the Yankees, just, yeah, you know, and, good. and jet Williams too. Like, I don't know what the com- computer model said about jet Williams, but my, my guess is that it's probably like, Hey, like you're drafting a five foot eight infielder out of high school. We don't really have much of a track record for that. So he could be a guy that, that kind of bucks the computer model trend. And all of a sudden yeah. that's a, that's a data point that's like, okay, we've got to consider here that, Hey, this guy won the first round and he was this guy physically and he made it and he didn't just make it. He was a, you know, like an above average regular that had, that had some peak moments. So um, I think that people are kind of, you know, starting to see like if you can really hit in your athletic, like those are the things that matter as opposed to if you fit the classic six foot, 280 pound mold, Uh, that plays the middle infield. But Mm -hmm. um, going moving down the list here, number 21, Sam Myers, outfielder from Cypress Woods, committed to TCU. Number 22, Micah Kendrick, uh, shortstop uh, from uh, TCU commitment that's going to Rockwall. Uh, Number 23, Dondreon Kennedy, uh, middle infielder, outfielder from Prestonwood Christian, committed to Texas. Number 24, Ace Reese, an outfielder from Canton, committed to Houston. And another Houston commitment, number 25, Tristan Russell, Shortstop from Cypress Woods committed to Houston. Uh, Myers, to me, like I might be underselling him a little bit because I think he can really hit. Like every time I see him, it's like quality at bats, you know, like mm-hmm. times velocity, C spin, puts the ball and play hard, quality left-handed swing. I think he can play center field. I think he probably played at an average at least, maybe above average. I think the arm's probably average to above average. Uh, I think the run is probably – above average like you start naming off all these things and it's like this is a really good prospect um and like one of those steady heartbeat guys never too high never too low um plays the game hard competes never overwhelm the batter's box Um, that cypress woods team you know tristan russell uh, sam myers uh a guy that didn't make the list i'm really excited about mason green just haven't seen him pitch much um, he's on that Cy Woods team is what well. They're gonna be loaded. Um, that's definitely yeah. gonna be a team I'm gonna see at least a couple times this upcoming year. But uh Micah Kendrick, like I I've barely seen him in person. Um, from what I saw in person and just kind of asking around and, and and looking at some video online, I I'm really high on Micah Kendrick. Um, he's a guy that like I think that his baseball athleticism is better than his raw athleticism, not that he's not not any something like unathletic lumbering guy out there, but um, just when he gets on the field, man, the, the actions, the movements, the swing, the defense, there's a lot to like about this guy. And you talk about this, some people around the five-star program, they're extremely high on like, hey, man, this guy was was our heartbeat. Like, he sets the tone. Like, he's the big game performer. And, um, you know, you kind of saw it from, from what he did this summer. But um, I, I'm super excited to hear what he does. This upcoming year, and man, you start talking about what the infield looks like at Rockwall with Brayden Randall and Micah Kendrick and Pearson Rebrock down the twenty four class, and uh, doesn't doesn't Hoover play first base for them? I think no, he's a or Heath. he's a Heath. Heath. Okay, I knew he's one of the well, Rockwall.
1: You, you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have Mac Rose. You've got man, that's right. Dylan Cheek, who's one of the bigger names in the twenty six class in the DFW area. Um, you know, then the thing about it is. With that group of guys, like there's a lot of versatility too. And I know oh, Coach yeah. Rose likes to mix up the lineups and experiment and play guys all over the place and tournament play. Like I I I saw it last year. I thought it was just gonna be tournament play, but it continued on because you know, you have a lot of options and there's matchups and you know, just it helps having really good players. You know, yeah. what I mean, they're gonna there's gonna be some tinkering with the lineup and try to figure out what the best rotation is, but you know, you've got you've got multiple elite shortstops on your roster um you know and a bunch of these guys like Braden or pearson or cheek they can all go to center field they could play mm-hmm. second short third center just as easily as any of them And so it'll, it'll be interesting let's not to see forget how-
0: jet jet williams played center field a lot for for heath kind of before yeah. he took over shortstop
1: yeah so you know i mean being a versatile athlete gives you a lot of options um mm-hmm. and you know it, it it's kind of like you said you go back to jet like you know if you you think he can stick it short but if not i mean you've got options like you yeah. can put him in center because he's athletic yeah. enough to do it he can play mm-hmm. second and be a really offensive second baseman mm-hmm. um and i think the same is true for some of these some of these guys that are at rockwell with you know reebok being a 24 and you know cheek is super athletic for a 26 i mean mm-hmm. It, it, it'll be really interesting to see where they land on some of this stuff. But I mean, then you got a guy like Mac who can pitch, he can catch, he can play first and he can just flat out hit. So mm-hmm. um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting for, for sure to see where these guys land, but it's always good to have options and talented options at that is, is a, is a good problem to have. And, you know, looking, looking at the, the spread out of where these guys are from, Rockwall was the only team uh, in our 55 to have more than two guys on the team.
0: So uh, we got to change that. We got to change yeah. that. That's, that's the Homerism coming through. We got to, we got to do something about that.
1: Hey, you can't, you can't, I got to, I got
0: I to gotta sneak somebody on there. Okay. Our, our rock wall uh, bias is showing. Um, but I, no, gotta, it, I don't know. Uh, it's no, no, they're all, all are extremely, extremely deserving. Um, you know, and I'm just glad that like, I got a chance to see Micah Kendrick in person. Cause I'd heard a lot about him and, you know, yeah, he's I mean, a
1: baseball player.
0: He's yeah. A baseball. Like it, it's just, you know, one of those guys is just like, man, he could really play the game. Like, yeah. like all, all types of ways, defense, offense, whatever it is, run the bases. Um, so I'm, I was glad I was able to get some eyes on him this fall. And again, we try to see as many of these guys as we can, because it's just like the, the nothing beats the in-person look there. And uh, you mentioned kind of an offensive minus second baseman. I, I think that's where D Kennedy is going to eventually fit. Um, Really pretty right-handed swing. Um can bat speed, quick, compact. I mean, he I think he, he hit that bomb for the for the Blue Jay Scout team in one of their games. He's he's got some juice in there as well. Um yeah, speaking of guys that can hit Ace Reese, man. I saw him in a tough left on left matchup this fall against Keevan Goss, who I, I really, really like. left-handed pitcher from Ray, uh, one of the guys that just missed making this list. And he got in there and you know, left on left for high school guy, tough little matchup there. Like and ace reese sent a screaming liner back up the middle uh and i was like oh this this guy's different yeah. he's different like yeah. the way he tracks pitches the swing um i think he's gonna fill out i think he, he's he got a chance to stick in a corner outfield spot where the bat can really profile well um he can hit man uh really excited to, to follow that guy's development and then tristan russell uh, just a, a guy who's who just skill really comes to life when the when the lights are on and it's time to go play the game. Uh, area code guy, um, had a great junior year. Uh, he's just been really productive everywhere he's played and never really looks overwhelmed uh, with, with where he's at or wherever he's at. Um, he's never really overwhelmed where it's hitting, pitching, base running, whatever it is. Um, moving on the list here, number 26, Jacob Scholes, left-handed pitcher from Memorial, committed to Vanderbilt. Braden Buchanan, number 27, catcher from Vandegrift, committed to Baylor. Also a big-time QB1 for Vandegrift, uh, who's had a really good season so far. Number 28, Hudson Hamilton, right hand pitcher from Grand Oaks, committed to Texas. Number 29, Jackson Brousseau, left-handed pitcher and utility from North Lamar, committed to Texas A&M. And then the guy we mentioned, Drew Markle, infielder from Tompkins, uh, committed to Ole Miss. Um, Scholl saw him in the fall at our TSA event that, that we partnered with those guys um showed some promise there. Uh f- potential four-pitch mix. I think he's going to throw strikes. Um I think he's going to throw quality strikes. I think the curveball's got a chance to be a real weapon uh for him and then Braden Buchanan um just physically looks the part. There's a lot to like about his all-around skill, his all-around athleticism at the catcher position. Um I always like betting on the quarterbacks. Hudson Hamilton can can spin it. He was up to 93 when I saw him for the Dodgers scout team. Um, some good readings with the spin rates on the breaking stuff. You talk to people at Grand Oaks, uh, just like he's a fiery tone setter competitor, man. He gets the he's challenging you when he's out in the mound. I I love, right. I love hearing that about those those pitchers. And then Bresso kind of really exploded onto the scene this summer, uh, from throwing with some velocity from the left side, an area code guy. And we talked about Markle. Every time I see Markle, he's faster. I mean, he routinely runs four ones down the line now. I mean, he's got the athleticism, the profile all over the place defensively, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in the future at Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. I mean, a guy that has a lot of options Mm -hmm. um, and he may be a guy that, you know, he may play one place early to start his career because they want to find a way to get him on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, you could see him landing a number of spots and especially if he continues to grow like and fill out from a weight standpoint. But you're right. He can really run and some plus athleticism. Uh just a good baseball player. You know, you, you can tell there's a high IQ. Just watching him run the bases. I enjoy watching him run the bases. He mm. just the way he slides, the way he takes angles and all that. He knows what he's doing on a baseball field. So uh exciting to watch him. Um, you know, and talk about some of these some of these A&M commits, these big physical balls of clay. I mean, like, and when you when you dream on them going to work with Nate Yeski, it's just kind of it's almost like a cheat code. It's like, yeah, man, like some of the guys that they've acquired, I'll call it, you know, just collected talent wise uh, over the next couple of years, seeing them work with him. Like that's a lot of promise to go for an AM pitching staff over these next few years. And yeah. they're just going to continue to keep getting better as a program and building that depth and that talent. And, you know, there's just no way that the amount of uh, pitching talent that they're collecting doesn't pan out. You know I mean? You can see a lot of guys that, profile is big time weekend guys i mean there's only three weekend spots uh in a conference series uh but man like it's it's wild to think about what they may end up being in a couple of years on the mound
0: yeah you already kind of started to see it. by the way did you see what jace laval did in that scrimmage
1: <laughs> uh yeah three homers. three
0: homers yeah and they weren't they weren't cheap no they, they weren't cheap and i i'm I, I think that we have maybe a little bit of a juiced rating with the 507 foot estimate on, on one of them. Um, but uh, was I'm like, not going to argue it. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> and you can already tell, I think they've, they've kind of shortened the swing a little bit and made it a little mm-hmm. bit more efficient. And uh, man, we know he has the tools. So that was fun to see. And then, you know, speaking of those guys, like Justin Lampkin uh, was reportedly up to 93 um already and shane today up to 92 routinely like yeah they know what they're doing they're in the college station right now um exciting times there and uh wrapping it up with our our three final guys here again we're going to go through one through 33 today and pick it up with 34 through 55 in the next episode and also talk i wanted some time to talk about on the next episode a lot of the guys that just missed because i felt like with this class there are probably like 25 or 30 guys that had like legitimately could be number 55 on this list. It's a really yeah. deep, deep class this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. number 31, Easton Tumis, right handed pitcher from Friendswood, committed to Texas. Number 32, Diego Luzardo, right handed pitcher from Laporte, committed to Houston. And then number 33, oh. Jerison Martin, a catcher from Trism Trail, committed to Wichita State. Uh, Tumis, a guy I wanted to see, saw him in the summer. Uh, the the TSA prospects all-star game down there in Sugarland was up to 94 slider was a real standout was up to 85 committed to the glove side mega potential I think if you talk to scouts in that area I think that that's a name a lot of them are underlining like hey we need to get an early look at this one because it could really take off you know it could have kind of that You know, that J.J. Goss, like, takeoff um, from down there. I believe he was a side ranch guy. But down there in Houston area, and all of a sudden, I think he ended up being either a supplemental or a second-round pick by the Rays um, that year. And then Diego Lazardo, man, every time I see this guy, I'm just a bigger fan. Command, control, um, underrated athlete, I think, was up to 92 when I saw him, can really spin the breaking ball, throws a ton of strikes, and throws strikes with three pitches. Wouldn't shock me if he has just, like, an all-state type of year, um, for LaPorte. I feel bad for the teams in that district because I feel like there's going to be a lot of hitters overmatched by that guy. And then Jerson Martin, um, area code guy, catcher from Chisholm Tail, Wichita State commitment, a lot of tools there, um, a lot of athleticism. Uh, I think the bats got a chance to really stand out this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just, again, speaks to the amount of talent in in the state. If you're talking about a guy like Jerson Martin that's 33 on our list and an area code guy, Yeah. Um, you know, with loud tools, and there's mm-hmm. – there is a lot a lot to like in Jerson. um you know he's he's one of those guys he's got that bat speed and when he connects it's it's different mm-hmm. um so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he continues to progress um me's, you know at one time was a houston commit you know talking about some of the, where these guys are ending up like houston's putting oh
0: man putting my, some my, work in yeah to me, that was the big takeaway from a college standpoint when we published this was Houston's turnaround on the recruiting trail is like, I think the story, you know, not to take away from any other programs, but like what they're doing is extremely impressive. Um, right. You know, and I think they're getting in on some guys earlier too. And you, you, you see kind of where they're getting them to. It's not just the big cities, you know, like a Canton, you know, and they're also kind of going out to Hallsville with a Landon Bowden, a guy that we'll talk about on the next episode. And, hats off to those guys a fantastic job so far with the recruiting this class
1: yeah i mean i think you can attribute a lot of that to you know two things number one ross kivett um Mm -hmm. has come in with some energy and has just been relentless on the recruiting trail and you know you have to assume that he took you know a lot of that's just his natural tenacity and you know the way he approaches things um you know how he played uh you know that was his reputation at tennessee and he's carried it on down to houston um and no, on top of that, you have to think they're probably capitalizing some on the move to the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I, one of the things that's kind of neat now that this will be our second year doing this is getting a little bit of historical, um, uh, the ability to have some historical breakdown of this year versus last year, you know, year after yeah, year being able to track wise. some of this stuff. But you know, so I, I went through and I kind of you know divided up some stuff and looked at what it looked like versus last year. But um, of the fifty-five, we've got you know, one uncommitted guy in that, in this group Um, last year, at this time it was six. Uh, Mm. So that, that was a little bit interesting, but um, you know, I going off the numbers for, you know, what the conference realignment stuff will look like by the time these guys are probably in college, you know, you, you had 25 SEC players, uh, 20 big 12 uh, one guy going West to the pack. Um, this year, it's Ethan Mendoza going to Arizona State. Um, last year, who was it? Somebody – we had one that went to Arizona State last year, right? Uh,
0: so- yeah. Oh, left-handed hitting outfielder from the Houston area. The Kristen yelich like swing. I played for Trosky. Oh, I'm blanking on the name. Oh, All gosh. right. Well, you look it up. I'll, I'll look, it you up. look it up. I'll look it up. While I, I, know exactly while I keep talking.
1: Uh, yeah, one going west to the pack. Uh one going to junior college, same as last year. This year it's Macros. Last year it was Renee galvan Um positional breakdown. Uh you got last year we had five catchers. This year we have five catchers. Um last year or this year we have uh two first basemen. Last year it was three. Uh seven middle infielders, last year it was 10, two third basemen last year four, 12 outfielders last year 13 uh 16 right-handed pitchers last year it was 12, seven lefties last year eight and one utility this year and one utility that last year um so kind of interesting pretty pretty similar uh profile yeah. when it comes to the positional breakdown uh from a geographical standpoint, we've got 19 Houston, 18 Dallas, eight syntax, five South Texas, four East Texas and one West Texas with hmm. the one West Texas being El Paso. And last year it was Chase Shores um, out in the uh, Midland, but uh, four East Texas, three last year, five South Texas, both years, this year, eight uh, Syntex last year, 12, 18 DFW last year, 14 and 19 uh, Houston last year, 20. So hmm. pretty similar again there too. Um, the other thing was last year we had, 50 public school, five private. This year it's 51 public, four private. So hmm. um, just kind of interesting the way that, that stuff all fell. Um, you know, what does it mean? I don't know if it means anything, but yeah. just something interesting to look at after after doing this exercise last year and uh, it will be, be something that's interesting to follow over the next couple of years as we continue to roll these things out.
0: Yeah, I'll be curious if like kind of the, the location – demographics kind of change a little bit i think there's people that think central texas just with the amount of people that have moved to the area i think that they think that the the talent level every year is going to start increasing there but obviously dfw and houston are are, are going to dominate it probably on a consistent basis there but the guys weird thing of jose vargas Yeah. yeah. Clear Springs, Arizona state. Yeah. Just, I remember the, the shin guard, the left-handed swing, he wore number 22. It gave me like Christian Yelich vibes when I was watching him, but yeah, he headed out to, uh, to Arizona state there, a guy that um, had some really highlight moments in our, in our summer stuff last year, but um, yeah. So pretty, pretty similar from the kind of the the positional and region breakdowns and things like that. And I wonder if there were fewer, I wonder if there are more uncommitted guys this time last year, just kind of like, With this group, I feel like there wasn't as much of a COVID factor. So they've probably been seeing a lot more um, as opposed to some of those other guys. And, um, you know, probably some probably those last year's group, like some some skill changes just probably happened a little bit more severely because just they didn't have that as many game reps, you know, as maybe these guys do um not having again well i, again, I, I do think i year. do
1: think there'll probably be whenever we get to the 24 year group i think there'll probably be a lot more uncommitted 24s than there would have been junior classes mm-hmm. in in pre per, uh, prior years so that that'll be interesting to monitor you know we've talked about the kind of slow down effect that we yeah. think that the the portals probably had on that but it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to look at that when we when we get to it but yeah um, yeah
0: speak uh, that's one through 33 we'll pick again we'll pick up with 34 to 55 the next episode and, and kind of talk more in depth about the rankings and, and a lot of those guys that kind of just missed there but um, and before we get to the the I mean long list of recent commitments um, some news from a playoff standpoint for high school baseball it was reported yesterday that the UIL voted to make it mandatory that Texas 5A and 6A high schools have to play a three-game playoff series in the playoffs so the flipping is, for a game with your ace at least the 5a and 4 uh, 5a and 6a level is is over um so it's mandatory three game series uh what do you think about that does does that extend to the state tournament the final four no cuz it's just at that point it's just that's the structure of of the tournament
1: yeah uh, well i love that from a stand uh, the playoff standpoint you know anything that gives the ability to you know reward the better team in the long run i'm for mm-hmm. you know it's it is it it does always create a little bit different dynamic and a lot of angst when it comes um when it comes time to uh to decide who you're going to throw or you're going to play and all that kind of stuff so that'll be interesting too is like what it'll be good for us because it means more games yes you know so yeah. we'll, we'll get to get out and see a lot more games um and then not try to you know have to plan to see a guy when he may only play a one game series right you know, we're big we're big scheduled nerds and want things to fit in nice little neat boxes so that'll help us from a scheduling mm-hmm. standpoint for sure and it'll probably you know it'll, it'll be interesting to see with that setup you know like it always has been but just on a higher scale how coaches decide to you know when which game they throw their eggs you know yeah. is it always game two or is it Always game one, or does it flip based on who you're playing or who the other team's ace is and stuff like that? So a little bit of a cat and mouse game for some of the coaches moving forward. But yeah, just just removing that that one game scenario, I think you know, I think we'd be fans of it for sure. I know I am. Yeah, um, you know, but you know, we'll see. You know, it takes a little bit. It you know, it, like I said, it'll it'll help the depth play out, uh, and ultimately it'll it should on paper award the teams that are deeper and, um, you know, better over the course of the season. And you don't have to worry about just getting – running into a team with one guy who's dominant. Yeah, like the
0: Forrest Whitley a couple years ago, you know. Right. I saw that absurd stat, you know, Danny Davis tweeted out from his playoff run. I think he threw, like, the first four games, he gave up five hits, one run, and struck out 52 guys. (laughs) They just kept winning (laughs) the coin flip. Right. (laughs) It's like road Forrest Whitley through there. Um, So, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of it. It eliminates a lot of the fluky like element to any sort of results. And there's a true test of which teams are better. And there's more strategy and more games and anything that can kind of create those like winner take all game threes. Yeah. Those are so much fun. There's just so much energy and everybody's just like into every single pitch. Not that they weren't initially, but like, especially in that sort of setting and that winner take all game three scenario.
1: Yeah, and he'll get to you create some new heroes too. You know, yeah, I mean, for sure. You'll you'll have some some new hometown kids that people didn't get to see in a normal mm-hmm. two game a week setup, you know, and they'll it'll be where some guys gain some experience. And I know we had a guy that was a sophomore uh when I was a senior that, you know, he didn't pitch a whole lot during the regular season, but we got in a scenario where we we lost game one like every single round and I remember James Leverton, uh, current pitching coach at Baylor, you know, kind of, kind of got him up against the wall and told him, "You like, look, buddy, like this was going into his first start. It's like, don't ruin this for us seniors. <laughs> you know, like if you don't win, it's not going to go well, <laughs> but uh, the message got a point and, man, Travis Mosley, who ended up going to Arkansas and pitching and Parents own the local Chick Fil A here in Rockwall. Oh, Um, nice! His nickname was Little Chicken from the coaches. But there you go, um, good nickname. He pitched us four or five rounds deep into the playoffs. You know, winning Game Three just about every week um, as a sophomore, and you know that that began his rapid ascension to you know prospect status here here around town at least. So um, we'll get to see more of that with this three game setup, I think, which will be which will be fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And anything that kind of creates more games and more competitive, fun environments, I'm, I'm definitely all for, author- and more truer results. I mean, that's what we want is right. the right. best team to win and the best team to move on and keep moving on right. there. So, uh, yeah, some exciting news there. Yeah, for the scheduling nerds like us, um, that time of year might be a little easier to kind of knock out, uh, seeing as much as possible there. But um, I think you've got what? A, how deep is your list of recent commitments? It's it's long. Uh, oh, going back gosh. a couple couple weeks and I, I I finally came across
1: like a name that I just don't know where to begin. But um so I'll I'll rattle off. These <laughs> for names. like
0: from a from a pronunciation standpoint.
1: Y- yeah yeah, And so we'll I'll I'll rattle some of these off and then we can go back and, and touch on some oh, of these. Oh, I know which
0: one you're talking about.
1: All right. So going back a couple of weeks, um we'll start with you know, Gabe Massey, 2023, right-handed pitcher from Cy Ranch, plays for five star, committed to Hendricks. Gianni uh Corral or Coral Corral, I believe, 2026 catcher from Grapevine, uh, not the only grapevine guy that we have, committed to AM. Braden Vickery, 2023, right-handed pitcher from Cy Fair, Hunter Pence, uh Cisco, Junior College, mm-hmm. Cisco College, Adrian Rodriguez, 2024, utility guy, ambidextrous. Flower Mound uh place for the sticks, committed to AM. Um, I'm excited to get out and see him, talk to Coach Wallace, and man, it sounds like he's had just kind of a rapid ascension over the past uh you know, couple months, and, and it's a result of a lot of hard work. Uh but Omar Rodriguez, uh 2023 right-handed pitcher from Eagle Pass, placed with the sliders, committed to Texas AM International. Grant Origer, 2024 right-handed pitcher, Plano East pitches for five star. In the summer, committed to tech. You know, that's a that's a pretty loaded uh one-two punch there with him and him and um and Bergman. Uh yeah. I mean, that's they that's, they got in both those guys got
0: chances throw really hard. Yes,
1: uh big time. Uh Grayson Linscomb, 2023, right-handed pitcher uh, from Memorial place for Hunter Pence, committed to Tyler Junior College, Ryan Jester, 2023, left-handed pitcher first baseman from Bracken. Christian uh plays for Tribe baseball committed to UTSA. Mitchell Ashley, 2024 outfielder from Central Heights, Marucci Elite guy, committed to SFA. Uh, Brandon Huff, 2023 right-handed pitcher from Frisco Reedy, uh, UBC, uh, committed to Odessa Junior College. Uh, and then Isaac, e- Why Dura. man just call him the Y-man. Isaac, I, I actually
0: wrote i actually wrote him up from the uh from the you're, five tool world series you're right yeah. yeah 2023
1: from canyon sliders committed to a&m kingsville isaac let us know the pre- pronunciation i'm sure we'll continue to butcher it but we would like to get it right or attempt to uh Braden randall recent 2023 commitment uh infielder from rockwall placed for the 12 committed to old miss after a visit this weekend Luke Echtel, 2023 infield/outfield pitcher from Lake Creek, uh, plays for Hunter Pinch. Committed to Blinn. Uh, man, they got a bunch of guys that you know, a lot of versatile players on that team. You know, when you factor in Samson Pugh, Jason Newkirk, you know, a bunch of guys that can play all over the place and good players.
0: And I think from that from if people. if if I remember right, I think Weston Moss goes there now. Really? Yeah. I yeah nope. so like that's you know, that, that's de- hey, that's th- definitely be the, yeah yeah that's gonna be on the um that's gonna be on the schedule list for sure at least a couple times
1: yeah and we touched on houston earlier um just adding talent cody Cashon, 2024 catcher from south lake mm-hmm. uh, place for the sticks going to houston connor romine uh 2023 left-handed pitcher from boswell uh place for the dirt bags Committed to Cisco. He was on our academic team, had a good showing out in Arizona. Uh, Tyler Rogan Camp, 2023, pitcher, catcher from Hampshire, Bennett, uh plays with the Gladiators, committed to Cisco. So Cisco has been busy on the, on been the trail hot. the last couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, Sammy York, 2023, first baseman, right handed pitcher from the Woodlands. Hunter Pence, uh, committed to Western Texas College. Brady Gray, 2024, catcher from Farmersville. Place for the Tigers Bergman going to Abilene Christian, Cannon Davis 2023 from Amarillo High School. Place for Tigers Ahern going to Amarillo College. McCann Libby, uh, kind of a do it all glue guy from Lone Star. Place for the Mustangs going to Navarro. Parker Burt 2023 catcher from Mansfield. Place for the Sticks going to Missouri. Or, excuse me, Murray State. Uh, Gavin Caldwell 2023 infielder from Midlothian. Place for the Sticks going to Lion College uh Jack Cagionello, uh 2023 right-handed pitcher from Geyer uh plays for United Baseball Club uh committed to Weatherford pitched a lot of big innings for some of those UBC teams um, down the stretch this past summer another one of our academic guys Tobin S. Chief 2024 right-handed pitcher from Davenport plays for the Canes uh Texas State commit huge get for uh, Coach Blakely, Coach Trout, and uh, Coach Master. I know, Gildan yeah, I know San they Marcus. were really working
0: on working on that one. So that's that's uh, getting him in the mix is a big one for them.
1: Yeah, Tobin's a monster, and he's only mm-hmm. going to continue to get better. Just an awesome kid too. Had a lot yep. of fun having him on our academic team out in Arizona. Uh, Carter Aldman, 2023 infielder from Bridgeland, uh, plays for Marucci, committed to Trinity. Keller Rivers, 2023 outfielder from Waller, uh, committed to Fort Scott Community College. He plays for five-star. Tanner Jackson, another one of our academic team guys, 2023 right-handed pitcher for Round Rock, plays for GPS, committed to Temple Junior College. Uh, Dasan Hill, 2024 left-handed pitcher from Grapevine, pitches for the Sticks, committed to DBU. Huge get for that that crew. Um, They just continue to keep amassing talent. And then another one, local guy, two Rockwall guys on the same day, Mac Rose, 2023, a uh, guy that we think can catch, can pitch, can really yep. hit. Can uh, do everything. Rockwell plays for UBC, committed to Tyler Johnson and McLennan. And, I mean, that you talk about fit, like having Mac go and work on catching with Tyler Johnson, Yeah, you, know, you can bet on that, you know, because mm-hmm. Tyler's as good as anyone around when it comes to the catching side of things. And, you know, it, he's he's been around them and he played the position so that you know just just a great fit for macros and you can see with a lot of these guys it just a lot of where these guys ended up just seems to make a lot of sense and yeah i like to see that just because fit matters we talk about it a lot um and getting out and taking your time you know some of these guys like you said they committed recently as 23s you know really taking the time to kind of figure out what some of these places are about and um you know not being concerned, you know, like we said, like Coach Jordan said last week, not looking left and looking right and mm-hmm. panicking and uh, just jumping on the first thing you get, uh, but really taking the time to find something that fits for you and that makes sense for you and your family is important. And yeah. that'll always be messaging that you get from us when it comes to the recruiting process. Uh, but really excited for a lot of these guys. You know, they, it's a it's a result of putting in a lot of hard work and and somebody noticing it and offering you a scholarship and now's your chance to prove those guys right and go out and perform and go on to the next level if that's what your path says but um so excited for that big group of guys it's that time of year you know a lot of a lot of guys have gone on their visits this visits fall, camps um, yeah finished you know gone through the whole jupiter thing um and, you know a lot of a lot of interest drawn from there and then you know some guys come home and think about it and say hey you know i know where i want to go and uh, so, you know, always excited for this time of the year for these guys that, you know, get to realize a dream. So, you know, that's, yeah. what's, that's the kind of stuff that's important to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Long list of guys. And, and clearly we've seen some programs that are kind of getting out and getting some eyes on some guys and and kind of reaping the benefits there. And, yeah, you know, interesting to see a couple of 2024 catchers getting snatched up, you know, two guys that, you know, in, in gray and cash on that have a chance to stick there. one of those skills that's like if you know if it looks like you can really stick back there you know there's there's going to be some programs in the region that are going to be aggressive um but yeah long list a bunch of really talented guys uh dason hill especially i'm excited for him because i know he kind of he had that like a growth plate type deal on his shoulder that that caused him to miss his last high school season and you know he's working hard and i know he, he went through live ab's at dbu and in August, I think it ended up being a DBU commitment, you know, so it's just, it's fun to hear stories like that, of guys that kind of persevere some, through some things and get out and throw really well and get noticed and, and get an opportunity there. But, um, you know, I, I credit DBU cause I think they know what they like in terms of pitchers, um, fast arms, loose arms with some projections, some feel for spin. And, and uh, that's, that's what Dason Hill is. Um, yeah. You know, you know, Tanner Jackson, the guy, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see Ron Rock, not just for Sakura but Tanner Jackson and Cade Weibel, who's still uncommitted right now, a guy that was up to I think nine or 91 at the Mattingly tough sidearm look for, for right-handed pitcher, right-handed hitters. Um, They, they should have a strong season at Round Rock this year with, with the arms they got there. But yeah, a lot, a lot of names that that we're familiar with and excited for those guys to, to make their college commitments. And yeah, it's kind of that time of the year, the camp season's winding down and um, you know, the fall season's kind of winding down and, um, guys are making their decisions and, and colleges are making their decisions on who to make moves on mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So, uh, well, before we get out of here, um, how do we, how do we do in our predictions last week? How how do we, what was the, what were we looking well, at? I think it kind see. of played out like we both thought maybe not. Well, as we close. One. No, well you had 38,
1: 24. Okay. And I Neither one of 30... us had them covering, though. I had them covering. Oh, you did. Um, I had thirty-four seventeen. Oh, um, so okay. I so I guessed I guessed Iowa State's production correctly.
0: Um, yeah, but you missed a spread. I did. You don't get you don't get points in Vegas for getting the Iowa State score right. <laughs> well, maybe I should. <laughs> well, you can start your own casino. And see how that works out for you, but. It kind of like it kind of played out, kind of like we thought initially, and then be Iowa ugly. State, yeah, yeah, Iowa well, State. Just you know the the third down conversions. I mean, my gosh, like it's just like third, third down after third down after third down, and they just keep converting, and it's like, oh my man, this is this is grueling to watch. Like just get off the field one time, and and the offense didn't click, you know, and it's still. Did enough to to win the game, and I thought Bijan was just absolutely tremendous. Some of his runs and you know making a lot of four yard runs, eight nine yard runs uh proved to be a big difference there. But uh, it's it's a it's a tough one this weekend. It's going up to Stillwater. They're coming off that loss against TCU. Um, are man. we
1: are we are we going to do a separate a second episode this week to finish? The oh, 55? that's a good question. Uh... Because there's some there's some injuries that is causing some movement in this line. So I don't think I'm ready to make a prediction until later.
0: Okay. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we'll probably do, we'll probably do another one um, since we got this other part of the list to discuss. So yeah, it is. Yeah. We haven't gotten the full injury report. That makes sense. Yeah. We Mm -hmm. can wait. We can wait. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely torn too. I'm, I'm a, yeah, I I don't know who I'm going to pick to win. Um, just going on the road is just a, is just a, it's, it's different, you know, different. until you consistently improve that you can go on the road and win. Uh, it, it's, it's tough to get that assumption there. So yeah, we can, we can hold off there, um, and wait. So, but yeah, well, that wraps us up for today. Uh, again, we talked about one through 33 on the updated 2023, five to 55. We'll pick up next episode with numbers 34 through 55, and then spend a little time discussing some of those guys that that just missed the list because I feel like there's a lot of guys that are kind of on that similar talent range. And ultimately you just, un- well, unfortunately you just have to leave some guys off when we limit the list that way. But uh, there's a lot of guys that deserve some recognition. A lot of guys that we've seen recently, whether it was the summer, fall or whatever um, that I'm, I'm really, really excited about. And some guys too, that I haven't, or we haven't seen a lot of yet, but we'll see. And there's a chance that those guys really, really take off. Um, they're no senior year. So we'll talk about those guys on the next episode, but, um, you got anything else you had any, uh, um, have your pumpkin fix recently? Are you tired of pumpkin muffins yet? Or, or, no. or is Pump- Starbucks inflation hitting your wallet pretty hard or? Yes,
1: that is something <laughs> that is a fact. Like what? A six-dollar drink has jumped up to almost like nine dollars, so <laughs> cut back a little bit.
0: So. <laughs> what do you cut back on? Just just cut the whipped cream out, or or what do we no, cut no, no, back no, no, on? No, 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 no.
1: No, and so, you know, if if we're talking six versus nine, maybe go twice instead of three times a week okay. to get to eighteen bucks. There you go. Money. That's fair. So, yeah, fair. but there's some the pumpkin market is is hopping right now. Like, yeah, the pro, those those pumpkin product placement wizards in the grocery store business are just they know what they're
0: doing there's a science to what they're doing they uh they know where to place that stuff they know how to get you for sure um fortunately like the pumpkin beer hasn't really sucked me in yet so i've I've been holding strong there because it's actually some of them are extremely good um so i'm kind of holding my ground with that one okay yeah Hmm. But yeah, i've not, I've got some I've got some remaining cookie cake that's gonna it's not gonna last this week, so um gonna have to. Oh, Peloton, have you done any Peloton rides yet? No. Well,
1: the now Mary put it all together, and then the screen doesn't work, so we have uh, we're waiting on the replacement screen to come in. Uh oh. So. Uh,
0: that's probably why Peloton stocks a little down. And
1: and right and I have a little bit of you know a little bit of of angst on whether or not I should be the first one to ride it. I mean. I just have this feeling in the back of my mind that I'm going to get penalized for riding it for a month before she can. So,
0: Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. That's, that's a tough situation there. Yeah.
1: To be, to be continued. There. Okay. So, well,
0: we'll have to, we'll get that update uh, as, yeah. as we progress here on these, these fall and winter episodes, the Peloton ride. So, yeah. all right, that wraps us up for today. Thanks for listening to episode 87, of the five tool podcast. Um, uh, you can follow us at Five Tool Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and all of our coverage at Five Tool Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok as well. So uh, until we talk to y'all next time, enjoy those pumpkin muffins and lattes and everything else fall uh, and take care.